Okay, good morning, everybody. And they, um, I think the correct word is a happy Thanksgiving. All right, so where are we up to right now? <clears throat> uh, and for those that were not here previous week, so we'll give a little bit of a background again to remind everybody. Also, we missed last Sunday. So there's a mitzvah in the Master. Now, the simple understanding of this Pasuk as a matter of shot would have been that in times of war, when you had different armies traveling distances to combat each other, they wouldn't just simply travel alone. The army doesn't travel alone. The army has an entourage of the people that support the army, and the soldiers bring along their servants. So if the master is gone, the servant is sort of at a loss. What does he do? He has no place to go. Maybe he comes from overseas. Where does he go? So essentially, servants would be lost. And you would ha end up in a situation where if a servant was sort of a loss, you shouldn't be returning him back to his master. It's a simple understanding. By the way, to this very day, anybody here studied anything about Hinduism? You know, in India, right, the Holy River is the Ganges. and Every year, uh, at a certain time of the year, everybody congregates millions of people at the confluence of the Ganges River, and tens of thousands of kids are lost, sometimes permanently, to this day. To this day. You come with your family, sometimes your family doesn't come back with you. This is not something that's new. This is something that's been going on for centuries, and it's something that continues to go on to this very day, and even in the modern era. So when you come to war, imagine thousands of years ago, right? Today you have like, you know, the tomb of the unknown soldier. It's like a thing, like, oh, well, we can't recognize, right? But with DNA and with all of this, we're able to recognize. But in those days, it's certainly possible to imagine how you wouldn't recognize. By the way, Give you, I don't want to go off on tangents again because last time we did too many tangents. But just to give you one example of this in the modern day, we're talking about Israel. So, I'll give you an example of Israel. So, it was um, before the opening of, uh, before the, the modern day state of Israel got into being. So, there was, a, there was a whole series of raids that the, the Jordanian people were engaging against. Jews living in the the area that is known as Yehuda, known they attempted to take supplies to these Jews who were stuck out there from Yerushalayim. And one night a convoy got got ambushed and everybody got killed. 35 Jews were killed. Those 35 Jews were, were buried in, 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 by the Jordanians. They weren't returned um, in a mass grave. I don't want to get into all the Aguna questions. It was very, very interesting. Halakha, very painful, obviously. But 
post-1967, when the Jews got back that area, they found these bodies. So the question was, how to, how to um, bury them? Who were they? So they did, Barry Levine, who was known as Tzadik, um, in Yerushalayim, he, he did a girl I grew up, identify each body, which had you know, been long decomposed, with the 20 years, um, with a specific name of the, of the missing, of the 35 is missing. And that's how they have the 35 buried. So that's the way that they used to identify and unidentify. But today with DNA, it's very easy. Even if the person is so badly mutilated and dismembered, it's still relatively easy scientifically to figure out who they are. Even the 9-11, they have like a grain, a little tiny bone. that They still are able to identify who the, the missing were. All right. So this is what this is what the understanding of the Pasuk of Leisaskar was. However, Chazal don't take it that way. Chazal don't understand Leisaskar as the simple way that the Pasuk means as a matter of shot. And they made a whole drush out of it. The Gemara tells us that Leisaskar is understood to be the following situation where you have an Evet. You live and your Evet decides that he wants and instead of forcing the rabbi, that's not the case for he makes the beeline a run for the land of Israel, and now he lands, and you already called ahead and said, my Evan ran away, send them back. back. So over there, passport control has a mitzvah not to send them back to America. Mitzvah of Sasker, Evan, all they know, it means you're not allowed to send the Evan back to his master in Chutz the Afilu Hu Yisrael, even if the master is Jewish. In other words, it's not just simply you and Clifton. Right, that's the even if, but any guy throughout the world that had a that has a servant, right, that um, that uh, that has a, a an evet, you're not allowed to send them back that the the evet back that made aliyah to Israel. You're not allowed to send them back to Chutzlaretz. You're not allowed to send them back even if the master is Jewish, even if the master is Jewish. So this is the the pasuk of Loisask. We have another. That's a lav in the Torah. We have another mitzvah in the Torah. The other mitzvah in the Torah is La'ilam Bahem Ya'avaydu. It's a mitzvah in the Torah that says that you have to work your every Kanani. La'ilam. La'ilam here means forever. It's not the same as La'ilam always. Sometimes in the Torah, like by Evid Ivri, when they have a mitzvah, right? If everybody doesn't want to go free after the six years, right? So then you make him a what? A nirza, right? And and he has to work for you. La'ilam. La'ilam. Over there, we know Hazal. Doesn't mean la'ilam meaning mamish not forever. What does it mean? La'ilam is until yaivo. So it's different by every every kanani, but by every kanani, the pasuk is very clear. La'ilam bem yavaydu chazal say means forever. Mitzvah not to let him ever leave. So la'ilam bem yavaydu now ever allowed to make him leave. Mitzvah chazal say. So, so the the what do you call it? the the question is. Is that always true? And we saw, we mentioned the Rambam the, that mentions that this mitzvah, and the Chinuch mentions the mitzvah, but the Chinuch adds a whole, a whole arichus over there. Well, what does he say? If you remember what the Chinuch said is, now you have to remember, what's the point of having an Evan? What's the point of being alive? The Chinuch goes on and he waxes poetic, right? What does he say? He says, 
The whole reason why we're here is to shaft for Shemayim in the world, to get close to God, to have Vegas with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to Nesnaam with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. So how do you get that? If you're meant to be thinking about the deeper points of life, getting connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, how do you actually arrange that? How do you, how do you actually go about doing that? So the Chinuch said, it's because you're going to be you're going to be focusing on the deep meditative spiritual aspects of life, and you have a servant to take care of you day to day. So everybody has to have servants. Everybody wants to be focused on the deeper meaning of life. Needs to have servants and take care of the day to day. So that's why they're there. Now, said the Chinuch, that's the point of why you have a servant. So what happens? It comes to a situation where you don't have a minion. You're stuck. It's a cold one today. Only nine people. And you have a servant that's sitting in the house. So you tell the servant, listen, you come outside and become part of our minion. What do you mean? Minion is the Rabbanon. Why does it have to become part of the minion? Because you suspend this mitzvah say. Even though it says you should work them forever, you suspend it. Why do you suspend it? Because you have another mitzvah. I, this mitzvah is only the Rabbanon. Yeah, it doesn't make a difference. You suspend it for any reason. Even at the Rabbanon, even though we don't view minion as necessarily as important as Mr. Darais, like eating matzah, that doesn't make a difference. Even if it's around the Rabbanon, you suspend this Mr. Darais of Lo'elam Ahem Yavaydu, make the avid part of the minion. Why, says the Chena? Because you, you're going to accomplish a mitzvah with this for all these people who now have a minion. And the evidence himself, now that he's free, he's going to do more mitzvahs because now he's going to be chayv mitzvahs, not like a woman. He's going to be chayv and all the mitzvahs and say, my grandma. So therefore, we suspend the mitzvah. Point to the Chinuch, it's not just in this situation. Point to the Chinuch, it's not just in the situation of Minyan. And he says, this implies in many situations. And I want to redo his language. He says the following. He says, and I'm pointing to the Chinuch over here, says the Chinuch. He says, since the, the point is that we're, we're supposed to increase um, our, our Vedas Hashem, the Chacham were Matir to be mevatel this mitzvah b'chol eis at any time in bevitel mitzvah zu yeger in the mitzvah acheres. If being mevatel this mitzvah is going to cause you to do more mitzvahs, if being mevatel the mitzvah of loylam b'hem yavoydu is going to cause you to engage in doing more mitzvahs, we're mevatel the mitzvah. Right? How often do you see a cheshbon? We mevatel one mitzvah for another, but over here we have very clear. Even a mitzvah derabbanan says the chinuch im he mitzvah derabbanan. If it's a mitzvah that's going to help others, mitzvah derabbanan maybe alone wouldn't be enough, but a mitzvah derabbanan, a lot of people can now have a minion because of this. So now you have not you're going to have nine other people are going to have a mitzvah derabbanan. That's a way to to be mevatel the mitzvah. And that's, he gives the example of, a, of a, one of the Tanan that was Rabbi um, Gamliel, um, uh, who was Mishachar's Evet, in order to be mashed from a minion. The Evet is Jewish. Evet Kanani is already Jewish. He's Mechaim and Mitzvah like a lady. So, that, 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 that. So, so this is a basic idea that when, when you have an Evet Kanani, you're only having an Evid Kanani if he's accepting upon himself the mitzvahs. So you have to make him already um, not keeping to his religion. If he keeps to his religion of idolatry, now that I keep him as an Evid, because if he, he's going to be an idolater, he's going to be a Mikeish person, he's going to be a trap, he's going to destroy the household. So you're only allowed to have an Evid Kanani in your house 
if he's agreed to take upon himself the mitzvahs like a woman, which basically means he's having all the mitzvahs except for the mitzvahs So that's by definition already the only kind of evidence you're going to have in your house. You're not allowed to have an evidence in your house that doesn't accept the tarot. Right? And that's why we have a situation, to, for example, like uh, um, uh, the, the beginning of this mitzvah, actually, the kind of says that the main lahem avadim in akum akopanim. He says the karkach and the savin lehachzik beelu the tashmisheno achar shehuksheru. We're only allowed to use them after they become kosher. Benek ra akumi pm, and they've gotten rid of all the avodazar from their mouths. And then they're not going to be a trap now in our house. That's what the Chana says. Once you free the Avik Kanani, he becomes a regular, normal Jew like everybody else. Now the Mishnah says Shazman Grammy is responsible for it too. He's a regular Jew. He's as a regular dinam of any other Gare. No different. Um, all right, so so then he continued, and he says the following. So he said, remember, he said that you're able to suspend the mitzvah of Leilam Ba'am Ya'avaydu for a mitzvah of if it's a mitzvah of Rabbah. That was number one. And then he continued, and he said that the whole, don't be don't be shocked that we could suspend the mitzvah. He says the whole point of having the event was in order to increase our Avaydus Hashem. But now that we're freeing him, he's increasing our Vedas Hashem. We're having a minion. He's doing mitzvahs in the future. So obviously we're increasing our Vedas Hashem. So therefore we can suspend the mitzvah. And then he continues. And he says, If you sell your servant to a guy, if you sell your Evakinani to a guy, the halacha is, If you sell your Evakinani to a guy, even a Gertesha, not just an idolater, the Evid goes free. In other words, right? Is that clear? You have an Evid Kanani. You sell your Evid Kanani to your next door neighbor. He's a very nice guy. He's not an idolater. He's a Gerataisha. He lives in the land of Israel. He, he, he doesn't, not Jewish, but he accepts the idea that there's a God who doesn't serve idols. Now, Allah says your Evid Kanani goes free, period, full stop. What do you mean? Why is he going free, full stop? So says the Chinuch, because of that, because of this idea, that if he's in a Jewish household, he's going to be doing mitzvahs. If he's in a Geisha household, even if the guy is a Gertesha, he's not an idolater, he's going to be doing less mitzvahs, less, less, uh, uh, bringing less Fajr in the world. So therefore, he goes free. We suspend the mitzvah. Loyal and Bahamia is gone. You can't sell it. Your contract is null and void. And then he continues. And he said, If you have a Jewish person that lives in the land of Israel, Israel, one of them sells the servant to a guy, uh, to a Jew who lives in, in uh, Chutzlaret. So you, Reuben has a servant, an Evid Kanani, and he sells he sells the Evid Kanani to a person in Chutzlaret, a Jew in Chutzlaret, not a guy. Allah is, the servant goes free. Um, why is that? Because if you're trying to get him out of the land of Israel, he goes free. And that's what the, and that's what Chazal say. And they continues that if you put filling on your servant, if you if you have him uh, have relations with a, a bas chayrin, or if you ask him to read a few psukim and chumash in front of the seaboard, all of these situations you're going to suspend the mitzvah and your servant goes free. In other words, once you start using the servant 
for for Tashmisha Kedusha, for Tyra, for things of that sort. You put, you're putting on tefillin on him, you're acting like a Ben Tharn, that he's kind of mitzvah, he goes free, you suspend the mitzvah. But one of the examples, this is the key one that I want to point out, is the is that he says, if you sell your Evan to a Jew outside of Eretz Yisrael, he goes free. And how do we know that? How do we know that? We, we, we know that this, basically, from this idea already that we said before about Hakomalan, right, which is that there's uh, uh, Kanani, he wants to make Aliyah, he forces the master. Right? One of them is in the reverse. You want the master wants the Evit to make Yerida. He's trying to get he's trying to sell the servant out of no, doesn't work. We suspend the midst of you don't have this Evit Kanani be a servant anymore. Period, full stop. So what does that show you? What what I think this shows you is the following. We have a mitzvah of Loisaskir. Halachically, where does the mitzvah of Loisaskir apply? It applies when an Evan makes Aliyah on his own, not with the master. He didn't ask the master for permission. Right? He ran away. The Evan runs to Eretz Yisrael. The halacha is what? You don't return him back to the master. He stays. You don't return him. It's alive in the Torah. You're not allowed to return an Evan back to his master, even if the master was Jewish. Right? This Evan Kanani. Was 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 now uh, become Jewish because he's free, but he was never Kanani. He ran away from his master. His master was Jewish. He ran away. He's now living in the land of Israel. Should you return him? No. Right? Love in the Torah. Why? Remember what the Chinuch said and what the Rambam said, which is that he left the 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 the, the, the land of Chutzlaretz and he came to the Bikat Tahira. He came to the holy plain, the land of Israel. So we let him stay. Love in the Torah. Number one. Number two, we have this mitzvah. You have every command, the mitzvah is to work them forever, not till you have Forever, ever means the rest of this guy's life. However, we suspend the mitzvah for various reasons, relatively small reasons, but they're large in the sense that they shop for Shemayim. Maybe only mitzvah, but if it's a mitzvah, it's enough. So we, or you let your servant. Say if you took him, put on tefillin, he goes free. It it knocks out the smith of working them forever. One of those examples is if you try to sell your servant to Chutzlaret, he goes free. Why is that? Because obviously to being in the land of Israel. Clear, basic. Okay, good, good. So the reason that I spent some time on this point is because of the fact. That what I'm trying to show is that it's inherent in the mitzvah of Loisaskir and inherent in the mitzvah of Loyola Bahamiyafaidu that what? That there's a mitzvah of Yeshiv Eretz Israel. There's a mitzvah of something about being in Eretz Israel. Clear? Agreed? Right? That's why you suspend the mitzvah of working them forever merely upon the, the attempt to sell the Evet of you're sending him to the big, biggest Hadar in You're sending him to the biggest rabbi in Chutzlar. Doesn't make it You say, but it's, it's, it's shopping for Shemaim. He's going to be in the great Gadol's house. No, doesn't mean Eretz Yisrael is the place that's super holy. Anywhere else is much more attenuated holiness. 
That's it. You try to sell him out of town of Eretz Yisrael, you're done. He's no longer an Evan. And we said more than that. We said that if you do try it, right, effectively, you're going to lose your proceeds of the sale. But that's, I don't want to get into that right now. So, so that is um, um, those two mitzvahs. What about the case that we mentioned in the Gemara Subas? Remember the Mishnah Subas calls Hakomala. The Gemara asked, what does Hakomala come to include? Everyone is able to go up to the land of it. Everyone, everyone brings up people to there. So it would be Hakol. So the Gemara said it's come to be including an Evan. And if an Evan wants to make Aliyah to the land of Israel, remember it's a different different situation. I hear the Evans not running away. He's coming to bed. Listen, I want to Tyra. I want to go to make Aliyah. Make my and I love my master. Make him come with me. So the Gemara said that that is in fact what happened. Kraven, you you try to force the master to make Aliyah with him. If it doesn't work, the master has to love him free. Now, what is that coming from? Is that coming from the midst of Hakol Malin, or is that coming from the midst of Loisaskir? The answer is it's neither. Loisaskir is when the Evan ran away, which didn't happen here. Hakomalan is when you try to sell the Evan away. Right? The mitzvah is when you try to sell the Evan away. That didn't happen here. This is a situation where the Evan wants to make Aliyah. He comes to the court and says, I want to make Aliyah. So you try to force the master. The master doesn't want to go. You force the master to sell to somebody who's going to make Aliyah. So this is not Loisaskir, and this is not Loisaskir. How can the Evan force the master to make Aliyah or to force him to sell to somebody who's going to make Aliyah or to let him go free? Where, where, where is that coming from? The answer is, clearly that's coming from something inherent in the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. This Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael that we see bubbling underneath the Loisaskir, that we see bubbling underneath the has other applications. The Kush of Eretz Yisrael caused us, remember at the beginning, we said that you could even write, write a, uh, a receipt on Shabbos, even though normally you wouldn't do it, right? you wouldn't ask you to write anything on, 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 uh, on Shabbos, you're not allowed to do it, but we suspend that when it comes to buying land in Eretz Yisrael because of Yish of Eretz Yisrael. So clearly Yish of Eretz Yisrael is something that's very important, even though it's not within, you're not seeing it under the clear rubric of it's still bubbling up and having applications. Where? So I'm showing you that third example, which is like the Maring Subis, which is you want to make Aliyah, you, you're the Evan, you want to make Aliyah. Your master does not. You can force him to either make Aliyah or to sell you to somebody who wants to make Aliyah or he's going to have to let you go. Clear? Okay. So why are we spend, huh? Very good question. Um, it's a very good question. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it in the other way around. I'm gonna come at it differently. So where I wanted to go now, because where I want to get to is is the the question, the central one of this. Right, every sugi has its central themes, right? Its central questions. One of the sugi, you gotta 
deal with the major themes. One of the themes of the of the of the of Zionism, one of the themes of this sugya is what was the Rambam's opinion? The Rambam believed that there's a myth of Yishev Eretz Yisrael in that. And this is where I'm, I, I'm, I'm building this out to hit on this topic. So what we're going to do now is go through the various opinions on this question about what the Rambam really is. Today is just going to be a, a starting of that. And that's why I'm using this as part of the way to finish off the Oishaskir. So the there's a chazal, you know, talks about Yonis and Benazil when he learned the birds would come, but they would be incinerated. They wouldn't make noise. Anyhow, we're not Yonis and Benazil. That's clear. Anyhow, so so the um, so the the Sad Marav in the Vayel Meishem, he says that the entirety of the principle that I just mentioned that there's this sort of independent. Yishev Eretz Yisrael that's sort of going on here, which you're rightly asking, well, if there's such an independent idea, then why do I need to have the mitzvah like Sasker? The Samra comes at it very differently. His basic argument is that there is no independent theme of Yishev Eretz Yisrael that's underlying it that's latent over here. And there is a particular mitzvah of Sasker, which is particular to Avadim, and only to Avadim. That is to say, there is nothing else that's bubbling out over here. There is no separate fundamental underlying mitzvah that is sort of giving strength to these other mitzvahs. So therefore, you absolutely have to have Lysaskar. Lysaskar is a very limited thing then, specifically about Avadim, and that's it. Don't extrapolate anything else to it. That's the opinion of the Samarav. But I'm telling you that it can't be right. The Samarav here is clearly cannot be 100% correct. Why is that? How do I know? Because at the end of the day, is a mitzvah We said it can be suspended when there are specific reasons for it, because we're going to do more mitzvahs and things of that sort. If we're suspending or essentially negating it, because a servant can walk into the Besden and say, I want to make Aliyah. And the master has to now Either make Aliyah or sell him somebody who's making Aliyah or is an Eretzitzro or let him go free or, you know, give him a, a, a pass that he's free, but he has to pay you back the money that, he, that you were valued. So what we're doing is negating the mitzvah of Lailam Mahmi Avaidu. You don't have an Asay Bidaycha unless you have what? Some other really good reason. In this case, what is that other really good reason? Another Asay, another theme, which we call Yishev Eretz Yisrael. So the Sabarov only deals with Leisazgir, but he's not dealing with And what I'm telling you is, is that in order to negate and frankly we saw it already in the Chino, that is negated when it comes to trying to sell your servant to, outside, uh, to a Jew outside of Eretz Yisrael. And we also saw in Leisazgir, the mitzvah is inherent Right, because, uh, the reason that it's applying is because you've now moved to the land of Israel, the holy place. And even Leisasker is getting some strength off the idea. You don't make Eretz Yisrael into an Ari Miklat because because of the fact that you want to make an Uncle Tom's. The reason Leisasker is the, is what it is is because it's Eretz Yisrael. It's Eretz Yisrael that's the Ari Miklat. That's the Bikat the Hira. 
So that is to say, Loi Sazgir and Loi Lamam Yavaydu are each getting their strength and their effectuality through the mitzvah of each of our But you have then a good question, which is, okay, but why do I have to have Loi Sazgir? Um, now I'm going to give you the basic answer, which we're then going to take a week or two weeks to, to really open up, which is, where's the mitzvah of Yishevar Yitzchel in the Torah? That there is no mitzvah. There is no open mitzvah in the Torah that says you have to be living in the land of Israel. On that, we have the Ramban, who tells us that there really is a mitzvah, and we should count it as the part of the 613. But a, so maybe for the Ramban, you, we can ask it as a question. But according to the other Maniyah mitzvah, According to the Rambam, who does not count living in the land of Israel as a specific mitzvah, one of the answers that we're going to come across, one of the answers that we're going to explain is why doesn't he do that? Is because he holds that the Rambam in his introduction to the Sefer mitzvahs, he lists reasons that will enable certain things to be counted as mitzvahs and certain things that will not be allowed to be counted as mitzvahs. And one of the themes are that a mitzvah, that is a mitzvah that encompasses a lot of mitzvahs, as he uses it, it's like kolotar kula, will not be counted as a separate mitzvah. So, for example, the mitzvah of that you should be kedoshim to you, that you should be holy to Hashem, it's a mitzvah, right? Kedoshim to you. The Rambam doesn't count it as a mitzvah. Why not, says the Rambam? Because it's fundamental to all of the Torah. Any mitzvah that's fundamental to all the Torah, I'm not going to count as a mitzvah in it separately. So there are many who suggest that living in the land of Israel, Yishirat Yisrael, is a fundamental precept in the Torah. It underlies so many mitzvahs, as we've already seen a few. So therefore, we don't give it a separate counting as a mitzvah. So therefore, this is all these various mitzvahs are getting their strength off of Yishev Yisrael, but Yishev Yisrael is not a separately enumerated mitzvah. So that's what you have to have. You have to have a lot of separate mitzvahs, but you don't have a separate mitzvah of Yishev Yisrael because of the fact that it's fundamental to so many of the precepts there. Clear? That we're going to come to today. So what I'm saying is, is that we will see, and this is what I, I mentioned to you next, you just asked, Right, I'm just asked about whether or not is the living the land of Israel because of the mitzvahs of the land of Israel. There's something inherent about the land itself. So we're going to make an argument, and you know, uh, here's the, uh, the 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 two second. You know, um, what do they call it when you have a movie? They get the two second preview. The preview. The preview. The preview of my argument is going to effectively be that the. Yisrael is not based upon the mitzvahs of Eretz Yisrael. It's based upon inherently in itself. And it's something that we, I think we can extrapolate from the Pesukim, something I think we can extrapolate from Chazal, but it's not going to be something that you're going to see clearly. In other words, for me, it seems very clear, but it's certainly not going to be very clear for the Stamparav, 
It's not clear for the Munkach Rav. It's not clear for Shamsha Hirsch. It's not clear for the Rabbinus Nash. It's not clear for a lot of other people. So I'm going to try to make the argument that I think it's clear, but I'm also going to say why it's not clear, you know, for those that are have a different opinion on it. Okay? Good? All right. All right, so now I wanted to go and talk about today a tshuva of the Minchas Salazar. Tshuva of the Minchas Salazar. Who was Minchas Salazar? Minchas Salazar was the rabbi of Munkach. Right? He lived in the period, or died right in the period, right before World War II. I think I mentioned this before on the Shabbos that if you go on YouTube and you um, Google like the Minchas Salazar wedding, uh, you will see a video it's very short, like literally only a couple of minutes. The Munkachurab is only speaking for for 20 seconds. But in the thing, he said that I'm speaking to my brother in America. You should keep Shabbat. You see his holy face. See what, a, you know, what an incredible person. But supposedly they only agreed to go on video because they said that the people in America were going to see it. And the way this, this video worked was that these were, we use the word preview. These were the previews that they used to play in the movie theaters before the movies. They played this video of the, the big, enormous wedding in Munkach. The Munkach had one daughter. Um, it's a very fascinating story, but not now. Anyhow, so the Minchas Elazar, I'll give you two other seconds of background, was the granddaddy of all the anti-Zionist Hungarian rabbis in the pre-war. The Samarov effectively takes on his mantle. In terms of being a Hungarian anti-Zionist. The Sat for all of his voluminous writing about the land of Israel, somehow manages to never quote the Munkat Not even one. And the reason for that is, as my father explained to me, um, the Munkat who was his elder, uh, you know, his elder uh, sage, Sat was the younger sage, they got into a fight. Uh, they got into a fight, and as a result, as I say, the, the Satmarav never ever quoted the Munkacher, but it should be clear that it was very, it was very fascinating, but not for now. The Munkacher Rebbe had one daughter. That one daughter married a, a rabbi, a Baruch Rabinovich. A Baruch during the war, basically had a change of heart and decided that the, the anti Zionist Shita that he had inherited from his father in law. Was no longer no longer right. We have to embrace the state of Israel. He became the chief rabbi in like Tikva in Israel. He lived in Brazil for a while. He became basically a Zionist. Um, but when they asked him after the war to become the Mukachev, the father-in-law passed away, and it was the biggest Hasidus in pre-war Hungary. Zama was nothing. Munkach was everything. He refused. And he, the reason he refused was in part because he said, I, I, I don't believe in the sheet anymore. I can't be the head of stridently anti-Zionist Hungarians if I don't buy into it. So I'm not going to be a rabbi. And he refused to take on the mantle of Munkachereva. This is the wedding that you see on YouTube. This is his wedding. Only one daughter of the Munkachereva. And the current Munkachereva, who is um, probably in late, you know, late the 70s, um, the Karmel Kachereb is Rebarah Hussan. who who is, uh, what do you call, who is, uh, you know, I'm not sure if he makes any big sheets about, about Israel, I don't know, but he was helped to his position to become a renewed and reinvigorated Munkacher by who? Sabarah. 
So even though maybe he didn't like the grandfather so much, he managed to uh, uh, to help the grandfather. So that's just a little bit of background on what we're doing here. But those, the Mechas Salazar has lots of very, very brilliant chuvas, and he has a few chuvas that are very stridently anti-Zionist. We want to focus on not the brilliant chuvas, we want to focus on the specifically anti-Zionist. So in, the, in one of the chuvas here, he says the following. He says that um, he, uh, he's talking here about Zion. He says the following. He says, if you do a virus in the land of Israel, it's far worse than when you do a virus in Pittsburgh. Because the land of Israel, everything counts. Everything counts. It's much more, um, much holier. So we do one wrong move, one wrong step. It's, uh, the repercussions are that much greater. And he says like this. Right? It's like when you it's like when you go and you're in the palace of the king and you thumb your nose at the king, it's a lot worse of a, of a slap of Pachim Panin than if you thumb your nose at the king and you're, you know, uh, a thousand miles away from the palace. They says, those people that are going to the land of Israel and they're being naik, palace rush, and they're not really like being from, they're not being, you know, serious people. He says, I read on these people the passage that says, they come and they make my land impure. Better that you not come there. And he continues. And he says, says, You shouldn't be too intimidated to go follow the path of the Zionists. I or their comparables, which are the members of the Aguda. So he was against both the Aguda and the Tzayinim. And then he mentions a third group. Um, uh, I don't know who they are. I can't read it. It says that all these things are all the same idea, that there's a Tzara Shava What's the Tzara Shava? She'ein bohen rachayim Right, the mission in the beginning above a comma says that right there's the common denominator of a shar and a mava that they have rakhaim, they're alive. <laughs> Excuse me. He says the common denominator about Sionim and the Akutis and all of these groups, they're not alive in the sense that they have no tyra. What do they have no tyra? What does that mean? They says that what they're lacking is the rachaim of tyra, they're lacking a muna. Uh, uh, they're lacking Amuna and the Amitas, they're lacking true faith in the Mashiach coming, they're terrible. And then he quotes, Urbanus and I, we're going to see this Urbanus and I later, but we can say it now, we're going to see it in the context of the Chancellor from Hirsch, the Maral, and others who say the same idea. So he quotes here, Urbanus and Abish, Urbanus and Abish says, that even if all the nations of the world tell you Move to the land of Israel. Make Aliyah. You know what the halach is? Not allowed to listen. You're not allowed to make Aliyah. You're not allowed to go up. Why not? Even if all the nations want you to go up, Shechalila, Shetelech Shama, Sasam. You're not allowed to go up there until Mashiach comes. We don't know Mashiach comes. And Amuna means, Amuna Amitis means that you wait. So what do the Zionists say? What do the Agudists say? That we're going to get to. But what he's saying is, 
having any sort of popular aliyah, having any sort of mass ingathering of the Jewish people to the land of Israel is wrong. Why is it wrong? Because we're not allowed to go because of the Shalashuas that told us we're not allowed to move to the land of Israel. We're going to be dealing with the Shalashuas at some point, go through all the different opinions on that matter. Huh? Yeah, the Munkatcher visited Israel. The Munkatcher himself visited Israel for a short period of time. He became very close to a Sephardic anti Zionist rabbi named Rabbi Alfandri, Rishomo Alfandri, who's a great rabbi, a Kabbalist, and very anti Zionist. Um, he went with Rabbi Alfandri on this trip. Um, and um, the Munkatcher only stayed for a short period, then he came back. Yeah. Uh, but Sam Rav, by the way, used to go to Israel, all usually before the election, to try to convince people not to vote. When the election he would go with wads of money, mm-hmm. he would give out the money if you don't vote. Yeah. So you're certainly allowed to visit, but uh, they, they didn't want you to, to live. Okay. So, huh? It was a deliberate attempt to vote at the press. Okay, so now I want to get to the what the Munkhajer said. This is the Munkhajer. The Rambam says, he passed the halacha. We saw this long before that Christ and Allah are in the Epi Lubashabis. I think Nashim should be shared to Israel like God's The Rambam passed that if you buy land in the land of Israel, you're allowed to ask a guy to write a receipt on Shabbos, even though normally you would say you're not allowed to do that. It's the Rabbana that we don't do on Shabbos. But Mishum, you should be Israel like God's when it comes to settling the land of Israel. We don't say that. And so we do say to the guy, please write up a receipt of this contract. The Rambam passes like that, Lahalacha. Says the, says the Munkach of M. Cain, the Rambam is contradicting Why? Because he passes on the one hand that you're allowed to write a star, you're allowed to write this, this receipt. Therefore, about Karkin to have a mitzvah. Therefore, must mean that Yishabar Israel is a mitzvah. We don't make exams when there's a mitzvah. And nevertheless, when it comes to the actual counting of the mitzvahs, the Rambam is not The Rambam doesn't count the mitzvah of living in the land of Israel at all. He doesn't mention it. So therefore, what says the says the He has a steer in the Rambam. Does the Rambam hold that there's a mitzvah of Israel? In which case he doesn't count it. Sounds like it's no mitzvah. The Ramban does count it, but the Ramban doesn't. So therefore, the Ramban holds there's no mitzvah Yishevar Yisrael. On the other hand, on the other hand, he's saying that you're able to write up a star, you're able to write up a receipt on Shabbos for the purchase of the land of Israel, which clearly means that you would what? I mean there would be a mitzvah because otherwise they would have made a gzera. They are not allowed the same way that you have a gzera. They are not allowed to ask God to do that on Shabbos for other things. So why do they make that same gazer over here? It must be because here is a mitzvah, Mishum mitzvah, like Gazer Be Rabbana. So that then it comes out, says Mikhail Claus, we have a steer in the Rambam. Is it a mitzvah to live in the land of Israel or is it not a mitzvah to live in the land of Israel? That is the bomb question of, of the Mikhail So what we're going to see is many answers that entirely. Um, explain away this problem without an issue. But I first want to open it up with Mikhatalaz's explanation. But you don't have to be worried. In case you're worried, don't worry. There's other opinions on that. But Mikhatalaz is very clear. 
And he says the following. He says that the reason that the rabbis allowed you to write up the receipts on Shabbos is the following. Says the only reason the rabbis made that you are able to write up the receipt on Shabbos and they didn't make their takana that you're not allowed to ask a guy to do this is because of the fact that there are Jews living in the land of Israel already and you want to help them. You want to help the, the Yishev that's already there in order so that they should be able to bring um, Arbanis and they should be able to go to the base of Mikdash he says the only reason that the rabbis were not geyser this idea of Amir al you're not allowed to tell the guy to do anything, even though normally they did it on all other areas of Shabbos, but not didn't do it when it came to buying land and land of Israel, was because of the fact that it was like the Gezeros at the time when the Jews had a settlement in the land of Israel, when they had a base of Mikdash, when they wanted to make Karbanas. So therefore, because of the fact that you want to strengthen the Yishu, therefore we allow you to write Tell a guy to write up a receipt. But today, when there's no carbonites, when there's no base hamikdash, when there's no base hamikdash that's sort of being around, there's no mitzvah, says the Minchas Elazar, midaraisa to live in Eretz Yisrael after the forbid. The only mitzvah of Yishev Eretz Yisrael is only when there was a forbid, uh, when, when there was a base hamikdash. So to enhance the base hamikdash, to enhance our avaita there, then we suspend certain things. So we have Xera normally not allowed to ask her to do something. But in Eretz Yisrael, we don't say that. Why? Because we want to enhance the issue of Eretz Yisrael. Why? Because it was the base of Mikdash to do mitzvahs in the land of Israel. But when there's no base of Mikdash, when there's a Chorbin, so then what's the reason of being in Eretz Yisrael? There's no mitzvah that arises to being in Eretz Yisrael. There's no specific mitzvah that then says the Minchas Elazar of Yishev Eretz Yisrael. So therefore, I, the Gemara is not limited. The Gemara didn't say that Shemish Eretz Yisrael, we, we didn't say this is only by the Beit HaMikdash. The Ramah didn't say it's only by the Beit HaMikdash. So why did they, what are you talking about? You're saying Mechaz Allah that it's only when there's the Beit HaMikdash, that's when there's Shemish Eretz Yisrael. When there's no Beit HaMikdash, there's no Beit HaMikdash, then, then why did they make things there that applies even after there's no Beit HaMikdash, that you're still able to write up a receipt on Shabbos, you tell a guy. On that, says the Mechaz Allah, that they did it. It's a Takana. They just still made it like a takana. Even though there's no mitzvah now, they still did it. And therefore, he wants to say this idea that this is why the Ramam doesn't count the mitzvah of Yishev among the 613 mitzvahs. Why? Because the Ramam is bringing down Shapur, Hebi, Ramam, Shem, Kol, Alakash, 
In the Mishnah Torah, the Rambam brings down all the possible halachas around. However, in the Minyan Mitzvahs, in the Minyan Mitzvahs, that is only bringing you mitzvahs that are applicable. Right? Mitzvahs that are applicable. Mitzvahs that are applicable. Then, and this mitzvah is not applicable. This mitzvah is not a real mitzvah. It's only a mitzvah that's based on mikvah. Now, you might ask, what are you talking about? The Rambam counts lots of mitzvahs, even those that are not applicable. But he says that, that he says the Rambam doesn't bring down this mitzvah because it's a korban and if it's not an Indian even midrabanan he's not going to count it in the mitzvah now you might ask what are you talking about the Rambam brings down all these mitzvahs that have nothing to do with bismanazeh Right, all the mitzvahs of based on mikdash, all the mitzvahs of the kayanim, all the mitzvahs of karbanas. What is he talking about? So the idea that he's basically saying is the following, and it's a little bit of a subtle point. So let's just make it clear: the mitzvah of bringing a, all the karbanas, the mitzvah of all the kayanim, and all these little beam and tumen tahara. These mitzvahs are still mitzvahs today. What's the reason that it's not applying today? That we don't we don't do carbon carbon oil carbon tumid. Well, why are we not doing? It? Is it because it's not a mitzvah? No, it's still a mitzvah. We can't do it. Practically, we can't do it. Why can't we do it? You don't have a base on mitzvah. Clear? But the mitzvah of Yishevar Yisrael is not the same. But his argument is that when there's no korban, there's no mitzvah. You hear the difference? On the mitzvah of bringing a carbon paste off, that mitzvah is still applicable today. We have a mitzvah right now to bring a carbon paste I, we're not going to bring a carbon paste off. We're not bringing it because practically we don't know where to, where, 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 where to bring the carbon paste. We don't have base to make this. We don't have things. Fine. So we have a mitzvah. We just can't be mechayimah. So I'm still going to count that mitzvah in the 613. But a mitzvah Yishev Yisrael, he's making the argument that when there's a korban, there's no mitzvah. The reason we're not being Mekai in the mitzvah of Yishev Yisrael today is why? Not because it's a mitzvah that we can't, uh, 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 we can't adhere to. No, there's no mitzvah. The Yishev Yisrael is an attenuated mitzvah. It doesn't exist independently. It only applies according to Nebuchadnezzar Lazar when there's a base of Mikdash. There's a base of Mikdash, there's a mitzvah Yishevat Yisrael. No base of Mikdash, no mitzvah Yishevat Yisrael. You hear the difference? So, therefore, according to Nebuchadnezzar Lazar, that's why we don't count the mitzvah Yishevat Yisrael as a mitzvah according to the Rambam. that clear? Yeah? No, he didn't say that. I just want to be clear. He didn't say, he, he, he said, I want to be clear what he did, so what he didn't say. What he says is the existence of the Beit HaMikdash gives you, okay, all right, I hear what you asked. So let, 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 let me say what I did say and what you said was a good question. But Abinyam is asking, the Minchas Allah is very clear that it's the existence of the Beit HaMikdash that creates the penumbra of the mitzvah of Israel, right? It's sort of 
the ripples, the layer effect of having a base that makes us create all these other myths. One of them being, right? The Yishuv Eretz right? But a little bit different, right? The midst of the carbon law, that's always around. But now it allows it to be applied. But what it actually is doing when it comes to Yishuv Eretz it's creating a myth. So when you have to say, okay, so now the base of English is gone. So the base of English is gone, so it means the carbon isla is still a myth, but it can't be applicable anymore. But it means now the Yishuv Eretz is no longer a mitzvah. Correct, Benjamin? But what about the mitzvahs, uh, other mitzvahs for it? What about, let's say, Shemitah? According to those that hold Shemitah, why do you say that Shemitah still makes base that make the, uh, still, um, still makes the to mitzvah? Why is the Minchas Lazar tying it specifically to the base that make dash and not to Shemitah? Right? And not to other mitzvahs? I don't know what the Minchas Lazar would say, but he might simply say that those are, you know, uh, 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 controversial, but not everybody holds up as man as that and still apply. The spices, right? We don't even play Hanimar. We don't know when Jeremy is. We don't know anything. So maybe they still apply in theory, but practically applying them is not simple. Maybe that's what you say. I don't know. But it's a, it's a fair point. Is that, is, are we clear? So this is, huh? No. He, the Mikhazlaz is threading a needle. He's being very cute. He knows that the Ramam counts hundreds of myths that have no application. But he doesn't count Yishevar Tisrael. So where does he want to come out? He wants to come out that there's no myth of Yishevar Tisrael, right? He's remember he's very anti-Zionist, anti-good. There's no myth of Yishevar Tisrael. Okay, but how do I get to the no myth of Yishevar Tisrael? So you have to hear his, his thinking on it. Thinking on it's creative. His idea is that the Rambam doesn't count the myth of Yishevar Tisrael because there's no myth of Yishevar Tisrael. But why not? He counts the Eilah. He counts Tammid. He counts Paraduma. He counts all these other. There's no myth of today. No, he says, there is a mitzvah today. It just can't apply today. It can't apply today because we don't have A for par. We don't have this. We don't have that. But the mitzvah is still around. But for Yishev Eretzor, he says different. That one's not that it doesn't apply. There is no mitzvah. There is no mitzvah because that mitzvah only gets created when there's a base that makes it. No there's no mitzvah. So therefore, the rab doesn't include it. What's the problem? Of course, why is that the exception to the rule? Like, why is that? But on that, he has a good answer. Because the Rav doesn't count it. He counted everything else. So I'm not the one who's coming up with the Kiddush. You, it's, it's the onus is on you to tell me why he didn't count it. Right? The Michal Salah is turning the tables. He's like, I'm in a good place. He didn't count it. So I'm in a much stronger place than you. You have to explain to me why he didn't count it when he counted everything else. That's the Michal Salah's opinion. We'll finish here. I'll just leave one but one last point that he makes. He says, okay. So it doesn't apply today. But how can the Mishnah Torah then the Rambam brings down all these halachas about the fact that you have the guy writing the receipt. Right? You let her have him writing the receipt on Shabbos because of the midst of Yishevar Yisrael. What do you mean? There's no mitzvah anymore. Why is the Rambam bringing it down? So he says, well, you have to understand the difference between the mitzvahs, the Sefer mitzvahs, and the Mishnah Torah. In the Mishnah Torah, the Rambam is bringing down every halacha, no matter if it applies, if it doesn't apply, no matter what, no matter when. But in the Sefer mitzvahs, the Rambam is only bringing down the actual mitzvah. The enumerated six thirteen mitzvah. This is a mitzvah that only applies at certain times. So therefore, it's not a mitzvah within the six thirteen. It doesn't get counted. But in the halachas, since I bring down all the halachas, I bring it down. No, the Rambam specifically doesn't say that. So the Rambam specifically doesn't say that. And that um, the answer to that is a very good point, right? The Rambam doesn't say that. 
So on that, on that, the the Mechatzlos test because the Rabbanu when they made the Gezeira, they made the Gezeira. Even though today there's no mitzvah, so I'm there. He's at a weak point. What do you mean? They made the Gezeira, the Gezeira, like so he was there. They made the Gezeira when the base of was around, and they kept the Gezeira going even the base of wasn't around. And there's no mitzvah. Right, he has to add in that point. Right, that's his weakness on the mitzvah So we will spend the next week going after the mitzvah and the and showing the other some of the other opinions. All right, Scott.